Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Beloved family, how good to be with you. I am coming to you now back in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It was so much fun to come to you from Wisconsin, from uh, Madison, where Father Rick Heilman uh, is, and we spent uh, three days there. It was just tremendous. We attended the um, the beautiful insta- installation of Bishop Hying, uh, their, their fifth bishop, and it was um, filmed by EWTN and you can go on to EWTN and see the whole thing, but the two things really to listen to are the um, Papal Nuncio's talk right in the beginning. It was just wonderful. And then Bishop Hying's homily, which was um, just fantastic, fantastic. He's a true shepherd of God. And um, we were very happy to be able to be there for that. And so yesterday... For those of you who listened, I was gone. We were on the plane traveling all day, and um, I had pre-recorded a program for you, uh, and the subject was modesty. And I forget exactly what I said, but it was fresh, and it was just for you on Wednesday. And um, I know that I discussed the importance of modesty, and that modesty is not just for women. It's for men as well. It involves chastity. It involves our deportment. It involves our speech, our dress. It's not just about long skirts. It's everything we do uh, comes into um, modesty. So I hope it was a help to you, and I'll continue with that subject another day. However, today um, and and following, the uh, days following, I'd like to go back to what we only began the introduction to. It's an absolutely uh, wonderful document written by a cardinal and two cardinals and two bishops. Uh, cardinal Raymond Leo Burke, patron of the Sovereign Military Order of Malta, who, when he was Archbishop of St. Louis, invited me to come and found this new community in St. Louis. And then Cardinal Janis Pujat, uh, Archbishop Emeritus of Riga Tomas Peta, Archbishop of the Archdiocese of St. Mary in Astena, and then Jan Powell Lenga, I'm probably messing up these names big time, Archbishop Bishop Emeritus of Caraganda, and then Bishop Athanasius Schneider, who we know and love, Holy Bishop, wonderful man of God, Auxiliary Bishop of the Archdiocese of St. Mary in Astana. And they produced this, I don't have the date, but it's a couple of weeks now, and it's headed, titled, For the Record, Declaration of the Truths Relating to Some of the Most Common Errors in the Life of the Church of Our Time. And the uh, cardinals and bishops, before we begin the document, which I know we won't even begin today before our break, and then I'm going to take your calls and emails and texts right after the break. So feel free. Feel free to call in any time, and I'll take your calls in the order they come in after the break. The toll-free number to call or text is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three one eight seven seven five one one 
800-259-5483. Now, if you call in with a question, but you go off the line, it's going to be put in the same order as texts and emails. If it's a live call, um, then we'll take you sooner. So let me read this. And I read halfway through the introduction um, a couple of days ago, and not all of you were with us, and um, even I forgot what I read. So I'm going to read it from scratch, and we'll cover the whole explanatory note before the actual document begins. And so um, uh, the cardinals and bishops write this. In our time, now we've read this, and you know it, uh, you're in the midst of it, we all are together in the midst of this time. And they say, in our time, the church is experiencing one of the greatest spiritual epidemics, that is, an almost universal doctrinal confusion and disorientation, which is a seriously contagious danger for spiritual health and eternal salvation for many souls. At the same time, one has to recognize a widespread lethargy in the exercise of the magisterium on different levels of the church's hierarchy in our days. Lethargy is one thing, but I tell you, beloved, if you read the news every day, both within and without the church, when we think it can't get worse, it does get worse. This is largely caused by the non-compliance with, with the apostolic duty, as stated also by the Second Vatican Council, to, quote, vigilantly ward off any errors that threaten the flock. That's from Vatican, the Second Vatican Council, end quote. It's right in Lumen Gentium. Our time is characterized by an acute spiritual hunger of the Catholic faithful, all over the world, for a reformation, excuse me, reaffirmation of those truths that are obfuscated, undermined, and denied by some of the most dangerous errors of our time. The faithful who are suffering this spiritual hunger feel themselves abandoned and thus find themselves in a kind of existential periphery. Such a situation urgently demands a concrete remedy a public declaration of the truths regarding these errors cannot admit a further deferral. Hence, we are mindful of the following timeless words of Pope St. Gregory the Great, quote, Our tongue may not be slack to exhort, and having undertaken the office of bishops, our silence may not prove our condemnation at the tribunal of the just judge. I pause to say, I pray that every bishop hears or reads or sees or knows this quote. Our silence may not prove our condemnation. We need to speak out that our silence may not prove our condemnation at the tribunal of the judge, just judge. Just judge. Uh, Pope Gre- St. Gregory the Great goes on to say, the people committed to our care abandon God, and we are silent. They live in sin, and we do not stretch out a hand to correct. And I would add to that statement, not only do they live in sin and the bishops knew nothing, but the bishops are leading them into sin these days. Not all the bishops, of course, but many of the bishops, many of those in the magisterium are leading the sheep into sin, grave sin. This... uh, Note goes on to say, we are aware of our grave responsibility 
as Catholic bishops, according to the admonition of St. Paul, who teaches that God gave to his church shepherds and teachers to equip the saints uh, for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood. This is an exact quote from Ephesians chapter 4. To the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning. That's what's happening today. We are being carried, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning that's coming from the hierarchy and our bishops and our priests, um, uh, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, St. Paul writes to the Ephesians, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. End quote from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 12 to 16. The note from the cardinals and bishops goes on to say, in the spirit of fraternal charity, we publish this declaration of truths as a concrete spiritual help so that bishops, priests, parishes, religious convents, lay faithful associations, and private persons as well might have the opportunity to confess either privately or publicly those truths that in our days are mostly denied or disfigured. Listen, beloved, if you are frustrated if you have been angered by the false teaching of our shepherds in these days, by sheep being led into sin, by apathy, by all of that, this should encourage you. This is coming from orthodox, fabulous, solid cardinals and bishops to help the sheep. The following, it's not, nothing of their opinion is in here. This is church teaching. The faith once delivered to the saints. The following exhortation they write, of the Apostle Paul should be understood as addressed also to each bishop and lay faithful of our time. Quote, and this is Paul's letter to Timothy, fight the good fight of the faith, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you, Paul says to Timothy, and by extension to every one of us, especially the bishops, I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. And these good holy men of God go on to say, before the eyes of the divine judge, and in his own conscience, each bishop, priest, and lay faithful has the moral duty to give witness unambiguously to those truths that in our days are obfuscated, undermined, and denied. Private and public acts of a declaration of these truths could initiate a movement 
of a confession of the truth. And I think this paper that we're reading will go a long way toward that. If you're confused, beloved, just look it up. Just look up Declaration of the Truths Relating to Some of the Most Common Errors in the Life of the Church of Our Time. I think these bishops had put, put, has, have put forth 40 of them, every subject that there's confusion on. Let me continue reading. Um, okay. Private and public acts of a declaration of these truths could initiate a movement of a confession of the truth, of its defense, and of reparation for the widespread sins against the faith, for the sins of hidden and open apostasy from Catholic faith of a not small number both of the clergy and of the lay people. One has to bear in mind, however, that such a movement will not judge itself according to numbers. Listen, this is very important. Such a movement will not judge itself according to numbers, but according to the truth. As St. Gregory of Nazianza said, amidst the general doctrinal confusion of the Arian crisis, that God does not delight in numbers. We can go through the Old Testament on that one. David was, uh, had a severe consequence because he was interested in numbers, how many people he had. God is not interested in numbers. He's interested in faithfulness. And we don't judge, as Mother Teresa said, faithfulness by success of any human standard. Only God's not interested. Only faithfulness to him. And these um, uh, wonderful men of God go on to say, in giving witness to the immutable, that means unchangeable, Catholic faith, clergy and faithful will remember, will remember the truth that the mat, that the entire body, this is a quote from Vatican, uh, Vatican II, the entire body of the faithful cannot err in matters of belief. They manifest this special property by means of the whole people's, of the whole people's supernatural discernment in matters of faith, when from the bishops down to the last of the lay faithful, they show universal agreement in matters of faith and morals, end quote, from Lumen Gentium. Saints and great bishops who live in times of doctrinal crisis may intercede for us and guide us with their teaching, as do the following words of St. Augustine, with which he addressed Pope St. Boniface I, quote, from St. Augustine, since the pastoral watchtower is common to all of us who discharge the office of the episcopate, although you are prominent therein on a loftier height, because he was Pope, I do, I do what I can in respect of my small portion of the charge, as the Lord condescends by the aid of your prayers to grant me power. You see, there's a bishop, St. Augustine, Bishop of Hippo, speaking to a Pope speaking to a Pope. A common voice, just as the Apostle Paul corrected Peter, who was the first Pope when he was wrong. A Pope is not infallible. He's a sinner like us, but he has the gift of the infallibility, which is not even, it's given to him 
by the Holy Spirit only in matters of faith and morals binding on the faithful. In that moment, it's not even a positive gift. It's not as that God gives him the gift of speaking the truth. It is that God prevents him from, it's almost negative, God prevents him from speaking error. If a pope would declare anything that's binding on the faithful, in faith or morals, that is false, God will protect him from speaking those things. Which is why when our current Pope speaks things that are very confusing and, and uh, appear to be heretical, um, it's not binding on us. Nothing he has said has been binding on us. Nothing. We owe the Pope a, a level of respect for what he says. But when it's against the faith, we, mess, we must not obey it. We must not obey anything against the faith. And we have these bishops to thank in the paper I'm reading now, which you can get online, Declaration of Truth. You can pull it up online and print it out. And I would say sit around the fireplace or the refrigerator or uh, whatever, cool, uh, whatever's cool in your house during the summer and read this as a family. Okay. Um, A common voice of the shepherds and the faithful through a precise declaration of the truths will be without any doubt an efficient means of a fraternal and filial aid to for the supreme pontiff in the current extraordinary situation of a general doctrinal confusion and disorientation in the life of the church. This that we're reading, this correction, this presentation of the truth, unwavering, unchangeable truth, is a service to the Holy Pontiff, is a service to the Holy Father. We make this public declaration, the bishops write, in the spirit of Christian charity, which manifests itself in the care for the spiritual health both of the shepherds and of the faithful, that is, of all the members of Christ's body, which is the church, while being mindful of the following words of St. Paul, in his first letter to the Corinthians, quote, that there might be no division in the body, but the members might be mutually careful, might be mutual careful one for another. If the member suffers anything, all the members suffer with it. If one member suffers anything, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are one body of Christ, says Paul, and individually members of it, and in and goes on to say in Paul's letter to the Romans, he says, quote, as in one body we have many members, but all the members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members of one another. And having different gifts, according to the grace that is given us, either prophecy to be used according to the rule of faith, or ministry in ministry, or he that teaches in doctrine, he that exhorts in exhorting, hating that which is evil, cleaving to that which is good, loving one another with the charity of brotherhood, with honor preventing one another, in carefulness not slothful, in spirit fervent, serving the Lord. Romans chapter 12. 
the cardinals and bishops who signed this declaration of the truths entrusted to the immaculate heart of the mother of God under invocation, uh, under the salvation. Um, it, it would be salus populi uh, Romani, salvation of the Roman people, considering the privileged spiritual meaning which this icon has for the Roman church. Many of the entire, ca- may the entire, excuse me, I think I'm yawning still from our our. our uh, our travels may the entire Catholic church under the protection of the immaculate Virgin and mother of God fight intrepidly the fight of the faith persist firmly in the doctrine of the apostles and proceed safely amidst the storms of the world until she reaches the heavenly city. So now you say, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? We just got our marching orders. Fight intrepidly, um, not with timidity, not with weakness, not with doubt, not with fear. Fight with all your might the fight of the faith. Persist firmly in the doctrine of the apostles and proceed safe. If you don't know the doctrine of the apostles, read the New Testament and you'll have it. It's all there. Proceed safely amidst the storms of the world until she reaches the heavenly city. And in fact, those words are a quote from the preface of the Mass in honor of the Blessed Virgin, salvation of the Roman people. So it's wonderful. It's wonderful, beloved. Yes, we have our marching orders. We have the support and comfort of these blessed cardinals and bishops in our day who will not compromise the faith, who are being uh, attacked by the magisterium and by others and by their own people. Um, it's It's a serious time, and we don't know what kind of time we have left. We do not know that. We cannot predict it, but I think we have a way of knowing certain signs of the times. And I, for one, don't think we have a lot of time left. What's not a lot of time? Excuse me. You say, what's not a lot of time, Mother? And within your lifetime, I don't think we have even my lifetime. I think the church is going to go underground very quickly. And I think, um, um, I, I can't say I'm not a prophet, but I um, read the Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Good Success, Our Lady of Akita, our Lady of La Salette, they all agree. And if it's all true, we, may not, we, we don't have very much time at all, beloved. We need to be faithful to God for our children's sake, for their salvation, for our salvation, for the salvation of those we know and those we don't know, the whole world. And we have our time. Our time is up. You know, um, there's a story of Satan sending out, I, I've told this sometime in the past, He's sending out, he's imitating Christ, so he's sending out disciples two by two to corrupt everybody. And so Satan is training his new postulates, and he tells them to go and tell people that there's no God. They got to, no, no, to go out, 
to go out and lie, have people believe lies. So the two little postulant devils go out and they tell, they come back to Satan. They said, we told them, we told them there was no God. We told them. And he said, you don't get it. They know there's a God. You're not, they're not going to listen to you. That's just crazy. You need to tempt them to go into error. You can't tell them there's no God that go out and try again. So they went out and tried again and they try to convince people the church is false. The Bible's not God's word. They came back to Satan and said, well, we told him this was false. The Bible's not God's word. He said, no, you, you don't get it. They know. They're Catholic. They believe in the truth. They know the Bible's God's word. Would you please go out and, and be a little smarter? And so they went out a third time, and they came back, and they said to Satan, we told him there's time. He said, oh, now you got it. Now you got it. Tell them there's time. That did it. That's it because they'll think there's time and there's okay and they'll be okay and they can continue in their sin because there's time. You see, that is the lie that will bring every one of us to hell if we believe it. There's no time. Whatever sin we're living in now, if you hear this message and you don't leave it, you are enormously accountable and you will not be in heaven unless you change immediately and turn, as the scriptures say, from your evil ways and repent and believe the gospel and live that faith. All right, beloved, there's the music for our break and we'll be right back. Call in toll-free with anything that's on your heart or mind, anything at all. It's one 511 5483 or email at mother at We'll be right back. Weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern Time for Sermons for Everyday Living, a program that brings you real sermons from real priests on topics important to you and your faith. Visit thestationofthecross.com for details. Prayer of Deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Did you know your donation could be matched? If you donate $75 to the Station of the Cross, you could have it doubled. There are many companies that will double employee donations. So when you donate $75, we'll receive $150, helping us make Catholic Radio even stronger. Help the Station of the Cross proclaim the fullness of truth with 
clarity and charity by checking with your employer today to see if there's an opportunity for your place of employment to double your donation. This could greatly benefit Catholic Radio so that we can share the gospel with more people. May God bless you for your support of the Station of the Cross. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved. Good to be with you, and I'm happy now to... Take your calls and emails. So again, it's one eight seven seven five four eight three, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We have an email um, from someone who writes the name as J King, who says, "I came across your daily broadcast through LifeSite website." And let me just say this now that um, Heart to Heart with Mother Miriam is now. Um, Mother Miriam Live, same exact program, everything's the same, the name has changed, um, and um, it is now being live-streamed um, together by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross, um, and you can see the program as well on LifeSite's Facebook page, Station of the Cross Facebook page, um, and uh, you could listen to podcasts, and uh, it's really a, a gift that we have. Um, I'm thrilled for it. And if you're listening strictly on radio, nothing's changed. Same radio stations, uh, same uh, numbers, emails, everything. Okay. So this one says, I came across your daily broadcast through LifeSite website and started watching each episode starting from last Monday. I made sure to set an hour aside to follow them properly. I had a few qualms after the first one when you gave some advice about attending a Protestant service, but you humbly corrected yourself the following day. So I was reassured. Um, That was a situation, uh, beloved, that um, um, I think someone was married to a man, they have a toddler, and if I remember correctly, the the husband's parents are ex-Catholics, they were going to see them for the weekend, and the father was going to have a Protestant service in the home should they go. And the the mother didn't want to go, but I said, out of charity, I think you should. And I got a couple of responses that I was very grateful for, and I realized I was wrong. Uh, You should not. Um, You shouldn't have to subject anybody to that, and you don't want your little baby being brought up with it, and you don't want to validate what the father is doing, even though it's his parents' And I said earlier before the break, we don't have much time. And the majority of the world is still without Christ. And and most Catholics are, are, they're Catholic in name, but they're not practicing the faith. They're not on their way to heaven. And their baptism is won't do it for them because they've turned from God. So uh, with abortion, with contraception, with living together outside of marriage, with homosexuality, all these kinds of things, none of that will get you to heaven. It'll keep you from it. So um, I think I need to believe my own message. We don't have time. We must speak the truth and we must clarify with people that um, uh, we cannot be part of 
what is not the truth that God has led us into and so forth. So um, every situation is different in the message of rejection in a sense. No, we will not come with you to the Protestant service. Uh, it can be different based on the family, but I think it's absolutely right. So this one writing in was against my advice, and I'm I, uh, glad for that, and said she noted that I corrected it the next day, and I have others to thank for that, some of you. Um, and she goes on to say, during the Q&A on Friday, a lady wrote from Switzerland about problems she's having at her local Novus Ordo Mass. This is hardly surprising when you bear in mind that the most senior cardinals at the time of the promulgation of the new Mass um, described it as a striking departure from the theology of the Council of Trent. Its fruits speak for themselves. It is essentially a creation of Vatican II, the essential errors of which are outlined in an article I have attached excuse me, to the bottom of this email. And I won't go to the article, and this one names a couple of names of the card- cardinals. I, I, I don't want to name names, but the facts are here. And she goes on to say, this lady then, or it's a he, I don't know if it's a she or he, this lady from Switzerland went on to ask whether she should assist at the masses of the Society of St. Pius X. Um, and uh, she said, I write this, uh, I say she, it could be a he, um, I write this email, this question, neither um, as a follower or adherent of the SSPX, but simply someone interested in truth and justice. That's good. And she goes on to say, you said that she should, the woman from Switzerland, should have nothing to do with them because they are outside the church. This is my bone of contention because the actions and statements coming from the Vatican too show that this is simply not true. Okay, now, I I don't know. I may have said the words have nothing to do for them with them. I might have said outside the church on Tuesday of this week, I spoke with Walter who called in and we discussed this online and clarified some of the things I said to that woman. And I said, I cannot say that the uh, SSPX is still outside the church in those languages because I know they've been given permission still to hear confessions and perform marriages that are valid and maybe other things. Um, But I said what I know for sure, at least from a couple of top canon lawyers in the church, including Cardinal Burke. Excuse me for my yawn. Um, That they are not in full communion with the church. Now, the Pope has given them uh, approval to do certain things, but they are yet not in full communion with the church. And to me, if you're not in full communion with the church, you don't go to their masses or receive communion. That is what I was advised, because if we could go to their masses, I'd go tomorrow. And I explained on Tuesday to Walter, I love Archbishop Lefebvre. I th- he is heroic in my mind. Um, I would love to be under him. I What he did, I think, is phenomenal. But uh, I read back the history of it all and what he considered an emergency and what some do not consider an emergency and consider disobedience. Uh, I can't speak to all of that. I'm only reading different views of it. But the fact that today with all of that, um, there are cardinals who say 
uh, good cardinals who think they are in communion, but others who say they're not. And until the Pope makes that statement, which he has not, that they're in communion with the Church, I say not to attend the Masses or their communion. And so this one writes, Are you aware that the Vatican has given the SSPX the continued right to hear confessions of the faithful? Yes, I am. I just said that I am. Their marriages have been recognized as valid by the Vatican. Absolutely. Okay, there's our music uh, for the second break, beloved. It's very, very short, so don't go away. And I say call in if you wish with anything on your heart. Toll free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back, beloved. Don't go away. Catholic Radio, we're blessed to bring you the good news of Jesus Christ through the latest of technology. But don't rely on just one of your mobile devices for listening to iCatholic Radio. Download our free app to all of your Android and Apple mobile devices, ensuring you never miss a show. That's iCatholic Radio, great Catholic programming available for download through the Google Play and iTunes stores. Spanish missionary St. Anthony Mary Claret was the founder of the Religious Institute of Missionaries now known as the Claritians. He was an Archbishop of Cuba and defended the Catholic doctrine of infallibility at the First Vatican Council. One of his beautiful sayings is that love is the most necessary of all virtues. On the Station of the Cross, you'll hear inspiration from the saints and learn more about our beautiful faith. If you'd like to support our programming, consider transferring stock to Catholic Radio so that we can continue sharing Christ's message of love with you and countless other listeners through our programming. Please help us in this good work of the Lord. To find out more about how you can give the gift of stock, call 1-877-888-6279. That's 1-877-888-6279. You can also visit us online at thestationofthecross.com. This is Father Jacek Mazur. Please join me in a prayer honoring St. Justin Martyr. O God, who through the cross wondrously taught St. Justin Martyr the surpassing knowledge of Jesus Christ, grant us through his intercession that having rejected deception and error, we may become steadfast in the faith through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved. Good to be with you on Mother Miriam Live. This is just so wonderful. 
And um, we are in the middle of an email from someone who says, who's been writing about um, the issue of my having said that the SSPX is outside the church. The, the language I was given is that they're not in communion with the church. Now, if someone's not in communion with the church, it perhaps is equal to the statement that they're outside the church. Um, they're not in full communion yet, at least. I, we could say that. They're not, to say they're not in full communion, I can say that freely. That's 100% accurate. Again, um, uh, they are allowed to hear confessions and their uh, marriages are valid. But um, and the excommunications were lifted, but the Pope has not said yet they are in full. Con- no Pope has declared them to be in full communion with the Pope. So I stay with that language rather than saying they're outside the Church. And this one who's writing this email says that there's a um, a particular bishop in Switzerland who was given the permission on his retirement to retire to a school of the SSPX um, uh, in Switzerland. And so why would, if the church doesn't approve that, why would he be given that permission as a bishop? And this person says, uh, do you honestly believe that all these actions would have been done to a group outside the church? Well, again, I just can't say. I'm not a canon lawyer. I'm not... um, into all the dialogue or the difference between outside the church and full communion. Um, But, uh, you know, they go on to question, would the church allow someone to hear uh, SSPX priest to hear confession and then, but that same person to come out of the confessional and not be able to attend mass? Well, at the moment, uh, that's the case. Does it make sense to me? A lot of things don't, but I don't, I'm not behind the scenes. I'm not the Pope. God works through the Pope. Uh, he may allow error for a time. He may allow misjudgment for a time. But God is the one who's building his church. And I'm a sheep. I'm a daughter of the church. And as long as I'm told by good canon lawyers of the church, s- such as the caliber of Cardinal Burke and others, um, that they are not in full communion with the church, I, I don't. even though there are good men who believe they are, uh, I I can't say that, uh, and so I, in in a spirit of obedience, will not go to the SSPX, even though I told you I just have I I love the orthodoxy, I love everything they do, but I will uh, obey the church. Um, they do not have a canonical standing with the church, and so um, um, it it. it you know, there, there are problems there. They themselves know they're not in full communion with the church. Um, so, um, all right, so this one who writes, she says, um, um, the advice I gave that lady troubled her um, because you advised her to stay with the Novus Ordo Mass, which gradually destroys many people's faith. Now, I don't remember advising her to stay with the Novus Ordo. I may have. I don't remember what I said. Everybody, I could listen to the podcast. I said, if it's the only choice, yes, then you need to stay with the Novus Ordo. That's what my counsel would be based on the counsel I was given. Um, Everyone is free to do what they wish before God. But again, uh, we're waiting for the Pope 
to give them full canonical status. It has not yet happened. It means they're not in full communion. Whatever else the Pope has allowed, they're not in full communion. Now, I, I believe I said to this woman at the time, if you can attend the FSSP, the Fraternity of the Society of St. Peter, which is strictly traditional and, and very good, um, and uh, grew out of the SSPX but became part of the church, um, that would be fantastic. It was a kind of a, a response to the SSPX because they wanted to be f- in full communion with the church, so they began the um, FSSP, which is where we go on Sunday, completely traditional. There are at least 37 locations in this country. They're all over the world, and um, it, and there are other uh, churches that have Latin masses. They're not Latin parishes. That's difficult for uh, uh, fully traditional people, but the Latin mass at least could be uh, celebrated elsewhere. And uh, there are other parishes that are strictly Latin parishes, though they're not part of the F, uh, SSP. So I would say to everybody, if you could find a Latin mass parish, do that uh, above everything. Uh, if you cannot, then find a Novus Ordo parish that is tremendously reverent, that celebrates Mass at Orientum, as Cardinal Seurat has asked, and and has what Vatican II asked, that it's we don't turn the altar around, um, and we pray the prayers in Latin. That was never changed, but the options were given, and the options went a little crazy, to the point that we even had clown Masses, really awful. So I sympathize with FSSP, I was with them, not formally, but when we visited Quito, Ecuador, we love everything they do. But uh, again, they are do not have canonical standing with the church. They are not in full communion. That is the truth. And you could say, but this one says this, this was, you can do it. But they're not. No pope, uh, not Pope Benedict, who lifted the excommunication, not uh, John Paul II or Pope Benedict, or Pope Francis has brought them back into full communion with the church. Um, so uh, we need to, um, um, I will respect that. Uh, we need to love the church more than our own take on things or opinions. Um, we have a call on the line, from John from Kentucky. Hello, John. Good morning, Mother. Hi, dear. Um, Right off the top, I'm going to agree with you that I believe that we're out of time, too. Good. And um, I don't know if you tried to endure any of the Democratic debate last night. I almost I didn't see it. it. We were traveling. I didn't see it. Uh-uh. Well, God, well, good. God bless you. you I will look at it. it. It'll probably be on YouTube. Okay. I want to know what's going on. I imagine oh, it was awful. Well. Oh, Lord Jesus. Um, I've been politically cognizant all my life, and when I was attending a a large parish in Orange County, California, I always used to wonder. It it started me really thinking, because I watched with my own eyes clergy in that congregation in that church support Democrats. And last night on the debate, you'll notice, that they were almost 
complaining. They raised their voices about who was the most pro-choice candidate. It just blew me, just blew me yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that you know almost fifty percent of Catholics in the United States vote still vote Democratic. I know, and you know and, um, they don't understand. At one time, it was okay, but it's not okay anymore, and they have voted to throw God out of their party, and and definitely pro-abortion. Uh, you're not uh, you're not separated from the church if you are a Democrat, but you are if you vote for a can a Democratic candidate who supports abortion. That is mortal sin for you. Yes, and and my question to you, and I have a theory about all of this is. Why don't um, the bishops and the priests and so on speak out? And I think part of the reason that I want to hear what you think is because they take so much money from them. Okay, well, I do think that's a factor, a shameful one. Uh, we We should take not a single penny from the government. The USCCB is uh, actually supporting abortion now because of the money it gives out and the money it gets. It's, it's an awful, awful, awful situation. Um, and so the USCCB, that's the United States uh, Conference of Catholic Bishops, uh, they are supporting abortion uh, over the world, and it's in certain parts of the world giving money that for, to people who give out condoms. It's absolutely, absolutely tragic. Um, one of the reasons that uh, we don't name political candidates is because of the so-called separation between church and state, which should not be, because the state, the government, was was formed to support faith, to support the family, and now it's the family's enemy. But what we can and should do is speak clearly on the issues. And you may know this, John, but Catholic Answers, Catholic.com, I urge everybody to go there and order or download a copy of their Voter's Guide for Serious Catholics. They have non-negotiables. So, so it very clear, abortion, uh, same-sex so-called marriage, stem cell research, euthanasia. They go down a list of, I think, five, there might be more now, non-negotiable. So if anyone's a Catholic, you read those things, you know who to vote for and who not to vote for without naming names. And if you vote for a moral evil, then you are separating yourself from the church and you are excommunicating yourself because that's what mortal sin does. Um, And you can go to confession and be restored, but you need to go to confession. Confession means you reverse your situation. So... It's very, very serious. And there's no excuse for any Catholic to not know what the church teaches. And if you don't, and you don't have to do a lot of research, just go to Catholic.com and look for the Voter's Guide for Serious Catholics. And if you're not Catholic, but you're a non-Catholic Christian, there's a Voter's Guide for you also. And I think the non-negotiables are the same. But for Catholics, they are a matter of church teaching and mortal sin. Okay, John? Yes, sister. I mean, Mother, thank you very very much for that. It's just that I've actually seen 
of clergy support um, pro-abortion candidates. It's terrible. And just one more thing. It's more mortal thing. sin for, for them. Of, it's mortal sin. Just one more thing for your listeners. It is okay. very hard to go to the bottom of the screen and hit share. So if you're listening to Mother uh, Miriam, go to the bottom and hit share for the love of God and the fellowship of man and for all Catholics who are trying to be obedient. You're amazing, God John. You, God bless you, my God brother. Bless. God bless you. We have a text from, um, from I don't know who, but it says, Hi, Mother, I'm in my mid-70s. Lately, I have been concerned with my fear of death and suffering. I read the stories of the martyrs and their gruesome tortures. I'm afraid of what the Lord has in store for me. How do I gain the strength to persevere and not be afraid? Well, don't read the story of the martyrs because... God may not choose you to be one, um, but it will be a matter of, uh, of death. And if you suffer, it's a matter of sending. Uh, uh, if God allows you to suffer through a uh, process leading to death, that's his gift to you to offer it to God so you could be ready for heaven, uh, to, to make pe- amends for your own sins and to make reparation for the sins against him and the Immaculate Heart of our dear mother. I think what you should do is take a look online. I don't have a book offhand, although I'm sure there is one. Go to um, look at Father Ripperger, R-I-P-P-E-R-G-E-R, and um, type in, uh, you can go to YouTube, Father Ripperger and Preparation for Death. Do that, because every one of us needs to prepare from death Today, even if we're 20 years old, we don't know that we have tomorrow. We won't, don't know we won't be hit by a car or if the house is going to blow. We don't know that. We need to prepare. We need every single day, we need to be prepared to not make up the next day. Every single day. So don't be afraid, my dear soul. Look up Father Ripperger, preparation for death, and begin to live that holy life of prayer, of confession of sins, of holiness, of of service to God's people, to the poor. You're not going to get in heaven because of your service to God's people and the poor, but we're not going to get in heaven without responding to God's love and grace. And everything he's given us, he's given us to give away. So don't be afraid, because hope, without hope, read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, without hope, it is impossible to please God. Or verse 6, It is impossible. Don't lose your hope. That's the greatest offense against God you could have. So go to Father Ripperger and pray and live the holiest life you know how, without fear, only as a little child to uh, pretend you're in God's arms here on earth and our Blessed Mother, and they will lead you right. Okay, God bless you, beloved. There's the closing music. We'll see you all tomorrow. 